I honestly don't have a very long word tonight. <laughs> Amen. Um, but I do believe God's going to move. I really, really do. And I believe that I believe people are going to get set free tonight. I believe there's going to, there's, there's going to be a great move and, and there's going to be some baggage that's been lingering for a long period of time. And, and I believe by God's grace and by his power, that baggage will be left at the altar tonight in Jesus name. But I want to talk for a little bit about loneliness, loneliness and, um, Loneliness can take the view of a lot of different things. Loneliness can cover every age dynamic from 7 to 75. Loneliness covers male or female, so it's not gender specific. Loneliness covers all race, all of humanity. Loneliness touches it in one way, shape, form, or another better tell the maintenance guy to fix that tile. <laughs> I am the maintenance guy. <laughs> Along with Josh. Josh helps me out a lot, but amen. Thank the Lord for Josh, but I'll fix that this week. Amen. Loneliness covers all, all dynamics and all demographics. It can be the student that went to school this week and their first week back to school and they go to the lunchroom table and they sit down at the lunchroom table expecting all of their friends and all of the people that they hung out with last year to come and join them for lunch and 20 minutes into the eating their lunch alone, they look around and they realize all their friends are at the cool table and they're sitting there all alone. And I know that can seem, you know, almost, you know, like, oh, well, you know, it's tough being a kid and they'll get over it. But I don't think we understand how gripping that is for the young person that goes through that. Maybe the loss of a spouse. And, and I know I might be touching on some things and please, I'm, I'm trying to be as, as easy as I can with this, but, but maybe losing a spouse or lo losing a loved one and, and, you know, in days that had gone by, you would come home and share dinner and maybe play cards or watch a movie together or sit down on the couch and you would spend time and now all of a sudden you're gripped at home alone and the house is silent. Maybe it's the young adult who's desperately seeking a spouse. And they go home to emptiness and nothing. And they question God and say, God, am I ever going to get married? Am I ever going to find the one? Maybe it's the husband and the wife that had a whole pile of chitlins. And the house was loud and vibrant and full of laughter and joy and even sometimes chaos. And over the course of years, now all of a sudden, all the little ones have gone on and been married and got a house and maybe they've gone to college and this is their first college semester and you find yourself at home, you and your husband looking at each other going, man, it feels lonely in this house. And that empty nester syndrome comes in. I know some parents are like, hallelujah. Peace and quiet. But how many of you know for some that empty nester syndrome is very real and it's very gripping and it can be extremely painful? Maybe you're okay being single, 
but maybe your friends have left you. Maybe a family member left you. Maybe you've been rejected. Maybe you've been hurt by even a church member or church leadership. And now all of a sudden you go home and there's this sense of loneliness that you feel. Maybe a divorce. And now all of a sudden you're gripped with this loneliness and not sure how you're going to carry on and how you're going to get through tomorrow. Loneliness covers every spectrum. Let me say this, loneliness is not a sin. And my heart breaks for anybody who's struggling and feels the gripping pain of separation and isolation. My, my heart goes out to you and I really pray that God is gonna minister to you tonight and you're gonna get some inner healing and you're really gonna leave this place set free and back on fire for God once again. But loneliness covers every spectrum, again, from seven to 75. Well, you can be younger and you can be older, but you get the point. Amen. I wonder if there's anybody in this place tonight that has ever felt alone or has ever felt like everybody has deserted them. How would you define loneliness? The dictionary calls it being without company, cut off from others, not frequented by human interaction. It's a state of sadness from being alone or a state of producing a feeling of bleakness or desolation. Ultimately, loneliness is a longing for something. As I stated before, loneliness isn't a sin. But the reality is, is if we stay in a place of loneliness for too long, it can open the door. If we stay in that place of feeling isolated and dejected and alone, it can open up the door for certain addictions because now all of a sudden I'm looking for intimacy that has been there for years and I don't know how to fulfill that void of intimacy so I look for it in other places. Maybe that door is rejection that gets kicked open and that rejection leads to severe depression. And de depression can sometimes lead even to thoughts and spirits of suicide. See, loneliness isn't the sin, but it can be the thing that kicks the door open for the devil to have full right. I wonder how many people had something rock them to the core and they started feeling alone. They started feeling isolated and left out. And now all of a sudden they put themselves in a position to be rejected or they put themselves in a position to be isolated. And when the text comes through and says, Hey, we're going to the movies. Do you want to come? And you say, no, I've got other plans, but really it's just you yourself and the dog. Come on. I'm getting real with you tonight. And nobody knows the pain of loneliness like you do. Because the real kicker of loneliness is that you're fighting it on your own, or so we think. And when it grips the most and when it hurts the most is when there's nobody around. Those late hours, you stay up late at night crying into your pillow where you can't sleep tossing and turning and anxiety is kicked in or depression is kicked in and all these things have happened because of a place of loneliness. Again, God gave us emotions. There's nothing wrong with having emotions. 
If God didn't want us to have emotions, I don't think he would have allowed us to feel the pain of loneliness. So if he allows us to have this emotion, what is something we can do with it? I've heard these words before that, that every time we get presented with something, that is a test that we have that we can pass or fail. And what dictates the answer to that test is how we respond to that temptation. So loneliness isn't the sin, but the response to that loneliness could be the sin. Are you with me? So, so feeling lonely and having these, these, these moments of loneliness isn't the problem. It's staying in that place of it, taking up residence there, living in it, and it becoming your nature and your reality. But there's freedom in the house of the Lord tonight. Loneliness is a longing for something, and it's a deep longing for something that is missing. God created Adam right in the very beginning, and he wired Adam to have communion and to have intimacy and to have relationship. Now, we could take this from the angle of where God said it is not good that a man should be alone, and he created woman, right? But understand that God's or Adam's first line of communication wasn't Eve. Adam's first line of intimacy and relationship with, was with God the Father, not with another person. And I, I listen, I love my wife dearly. And I have the greatest marriage and the greatest relationship, and I'll go toe-to-toe with anybody on it. I might be a little biased, but that's just me. I have really good friendships, and I have some really, really amazing people that speak into my life, and I have great family. So I have good relationships in my life, but you have to understand that people will fail you. My wife will undoubtedly at some point in time fail me. I will at some point in time undoubtedly fail her, probably more than she does me. I was a woman in the front row that said, amen. (laughs) But understand that we were wired to have a connection and a relationship and intimacy with God long before we were with another human being. And that deep longing fulfillment that we are looking for, you might find temporary relief in a person and in a relationship, but you will not find lasting relief until you get that connection with God. That's why when you have a divorce or when you lose a loved one or there's something happens like that, the pain is so real and so gripping. And my heart breaks for anyone who's ever had to walk that out. Please hear me on that. But our intimacy and our connection should be with God first because that's where we're going to get the fulfillment that we really need, the lasting fulfillment. You know, I wonder, and I've thought about it, does God know anything about loneliness? Well, I know Jesus does. Perfect in all of his ways. The right hand of the Father. And he left his rightful position as 100% deity and came down onto earth a 100% God and 100% man and left his area of perfectness into a really messed up world. And he was rejected by friends and family. I think of Judas betraying him. I think of Peter denying him three times. 
Think of even family members. He says that Jesus didn't do mighty works in his own hometown. So it tells me that even his own hometown rejected him and who he was. Beat up, misunderstood, plotted against, and eventually killed. And even in his loneliness and separation, he would spend constant amounts of time going back to God the Father for intimacy with him, for his source of fulfillment, his source of intimacy, the best way to deal with that loneliness. And, and even in that, I just, I hear those words in the garden. We said, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass by me. But nevertheless, Lord, your will be done. You can't tell me he didn't feel alone in that garden. You can't convince me he didn't feel alone up on that cross. I cannot be convinced. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I cannot be convinced he did not have a moment of loneliness. Perfect in all of his ways, but yet completely dejected, beaten, bruised for each and every one of us. I think my Jesus knows something about loneliness and I think he knows it tenfold of what we do. God ultimately wants to heal that lonely place in your life. And I said this earlier, you know, God gave us emotions, right? And it's, you know, especially men, if I can just be honest, men are real good about stuffing. I'm good. I got this. Just push it down another level. I, I'll just keep going every day. I'm going to just get up and I'm going to go through the motions and it doesn't matter what I feel like. It does, and that sounds really good. And that sounds amazing. And that's, you know, really encouraging until you're the dad at home at two o'clock in the morning while everybody else is at home asleep and you're up with anxiety and depression, worrying about how to pay the bills and worrying about how to take care of the family and worrying about all this stuff. And the weight of your whole family is sitting on your shoulders and you're sitting there at night going, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to get through it. I don't know how I'm going to pay the mortgage. I don't know how I'm going to keep taking care of my wife. I don't know how I'm going to pay for the kids to get to college. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Let me just stuff it and put it down. But that emotion is there for, I believe, a reason. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna encourage some, some men tonight in this place to take that moment when you just feel like stuffing it and forgetting about it to be the indicator for you. You know, in a modern car, we have GPS. And in the GPS, we wait for Siri. She's very annoying in traffic. <laughs> but we wait for Siri to give us the next step in the next direction before we take any turns. It's like our indicator. And when you're in an unfamiliar place and you're in uncharted territory, we make sure that we put the volume up good and loud because we don't want to miss the turn. Well, sometimes loneliness can be like that for us. It can be the indicator of, listen, I need to go spend some more time with God. I need to get back right with God in this moment. I need to spend a little bit more time with him because in this moment, I'm not feeling real fulfilled. 
And unfortunately, I'm not going to find that fulfillment in a relationship. I'm not going to find that fulfillment in a thing. I won't find that fulfillment in any kind of addiction or a bottle, good or bad. Are you with me? It's real easy to go after sin and say that we try to fulfill all of our you know, desires with sin. But let's be honest, we can try to fill those desires with good things too. And still feel just as lonely. We can try to fulfill loneliness with materialism. I'm going to go get it and I'm going to get it now. And I'm going to have a great house and I'm going to make sure my family's provided for. And men, we really can mask that on being a good husband. And there's nothing wrong with providing for your family. Please don't misunderstand me. But if you're struggling with loneliness and you're using materialism as the blanket to cover it, let's get real about it. Can I get an amen? We can try to hide our emotions and hide the pain that we're really going through with things and still wake up just as depressed. God wants to heal you. He wants to fill that lonely void. When I talk about the Holy Spirit being my best friend, I actually mean that. I take him fishing with me. I take him to the tree stand with me when I go hunting. It's almost to the point to where it's religious. I feel real bad and feel like, listen, I ain't going to shoot anything today unless I make sure that I, I invite him with me. I'm not going to catch anything today unless I invite him with me. People like fishing better than hunting for some reason. I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> He's my best friend. <clears throat> and that's where I find that fulfillment. And in the loneliest places sometimes, because I don't know about you, but when I go hunting, <clears throat> I'm generally the only one in the tree. And in times where it should be just me and my thoughts, it's me, my thoughts, and the Holy Ghost. And I'll walk out of that place feeling more fulfilled and better than I have the whole week. But we have to choose to do that. Matthew 7 and verse 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you? If his son asks for bread, will give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? When is the last time that you asked him, God, help me? I feel alone. I feel all by myself, dejected, isolated, rejected, fill in the blank. When is the last time that you asked him in that moment instead of turning to the other things? We need to ask. We need to seek. God wants to provide for you. Psalm 107 and verse 20 says, He sent His word and He healed them, and He delivered them from their destructions. Psalm 147 and verse 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and He binds up their wounds. My God, do I pray tonight in this place that you would continue in with what your word says and God, that you would heal the brokenhearted in this place in Jesus' name. God wants to heal you. 
But you need to be willing to ask him. And let's be honest, you got to be willing to lay down your own pride. (laughs) Because I can handle it. I've been handling it all my own for a long time. I got this. And God's saying, it's so much easier on this side. Let me handle it. I know you're strong. I know you're bold. I know you're courageous. I know you've been running this struggle for your whole life, but please let me help because I can do a lot better with this than you can. No offense. Are you with me? He wants to take your brokenness. He wants to heal you, but we got to be willing to let him. I got to say this, Luke 1 and 37, it says, for with God, nothing is impossible. And I'm saying this with purpose to try to build somebody's faith in this place, because for a lot of people who struggle with the grip and the reality of loneliness and desolation, they have been running with this battle for so many years, they feel like there's no way that God can do this. But I want to let you know that with God, nothing is impossible. And the reality is, is impossibility is oftentimes the breeding ground for a miracle. So if you can believe it for healing, if you can believe it for deliverance, if you can believe it even for finances, why can you not believe it for your loneliness? Why can you not believe it for your depression and your anxiety? With God, nothing is impossible. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. This is how God thinks of you. When you don't feel that way about yourself, that's how God thinks about you. I think about Gideon in the wine press hiding all by himself. And the angel of the Lord appears before him and he says, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. See, God sees us totally different to how we see ourselves. He views us in a completely different mindset. Thoughts of a future and a plan of hope to prosper you and not to harm you. Romans 8 and 38 says, for I am convinced. Somebody say, I am convinced. Come on, declare it. Say, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. I wish you'd turn to your neighbor and tell him nothing can separate me from the love of God. Come on, declare it in this place. Say nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. God's love is so beyond our understanding. He wants to protect you from harm. And if we would listen to him and choose, oh, it would make a world of difference. John 15, it's the shortest sermon you've ever had on a Saturday night. I'm going to close with this. John 15 and 15. It says, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me 
but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. And whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. Did you know you are a friend of God? You are a friend of Jesus. And even when you didn't choose him, he chose you. He chose you. You don't have to carry the loneliness anymore. You don't have to carry the depression anymore. Come on, and in this place, if you're sitting there and you've said, Pastor, I know it's been a short word, but this word has ministered to me, and I have felt the pain of loneliness. I have felt the isolation and the desolation, the depression and all these things. I want to pray for you. I want to open up the altars for you right now. If that's you in this place, come to the front, and we want to minister to you. You didn't come here for just a good word. I believe God is going to touch some people in this place tonight. Come on, don't hold on to that loneliness anymore. Don't hold on to that depression anymore. Glory to God. If I could get some of the leaders, some of the zone leaders, the pastors, if I could get you to come up and stand in front of them, we're going to just minister to the people for a little bit tonight. I'm going to pray a short prayer. And then after I finish praying, I'm going to release all the leaders and we can go ahead and start to minister. I don't know. Do you have a song? Leaders, if you don't mind, just please, you know, um, be sensitive to the call tonight. Amen. Amen. Father, in this place, in Jesus name, God, I thank you that you have called us friend. I thank you, God, that we don't have to carry this loneliness and this depression any longer. And Father, by your blood, by your stripes, God, we are healed. I speak healing and deliverance over every single person in this place this evening and over anybody tuning in online. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name that you would do as your word says. You have called us friend. You chose us long before we chose you. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that every person would leave this place tonight encouraged and built up by your power and by your presence and by your love. In Jesus' mighty and precious name. Go ahead and begin to minister if you don't mind.
Amen. Come on, can we give God some praise? It's a deep work in this place for many people tonight. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every person that came into the house of the Lord tonight. Father, I thank you for deliverance. I thank you for freedom. I thank you, Father, that when you show up, Lord, everything changes. I pray for every person tonight, Lord, that you would be with them as they go about their way. And Father, that you would bring us back tomorrow excited and expectant to see you move yet again. God, we love you so much and we give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' mighty and precious name. And everybody agreed and said, amen. amen.